Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. Dr. Williams is the author of the acclaimed book, Shattered by the Darkness, Putting the Pieces Back Together After Child Abuse. Dr. Williams is on the senior leadership team at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas, and Dr. Williams travels the United States speaking and training professionals, parents, and victims about the importance of dealing with abuse and personal trauma head-on and not being afraid to break the silence of your own personal pain. Feel free to call in to tonight's show at 888-627-6008 and speak with Dr. Williams and his guests live on air. And now, your host, Dr. Williams. Welcome to Breaking the Silence. I'm Greg Williams, and welcome into my home right here in the most beautiful city in the world, Houston, Texas. And we have an awesome, awesome program tonight. This is going to be one of those that you want to go ahead and uh, text or email or or call real quick some of your friends and say, hey, make sure you listen to the show this evening because you'll want to listen to this live tonight because this is going to be inspirational. It is going to be, uh, I think, just filled with things that we can actually apply to our own life to find out how God can use you in ways that you never thought you would ever be dreamed of being used for when you just open up your palate and you open up your basket to say, hey, this is what I have. What can you do with it? And he's going to do miracles. And that's what we're looking at tonight is just how he's taking somebody's life and doing something very, very special just like he has for you. There's several different ways that you can get um, involved in tonight's program. One is you can get right on the webpage. I'm sitting here looking at it right here, the Shattered by the Darkness webpage. My son, Curtis, is running that in the U.S. Army uh, up in Seattle, Washington right now, and it looks like we are live. Uh, I can see that there with him. And if you want to comment or question through that, feel free to just type that in uh, to that Facebook page or you can call me or text me. Don't call me to the program, but text me at 832-396-6525. And during the commercial break, I will look to see if there's any text uh, with questions. Or you can call straight into the wonderful people at BBS radio station and talk to Thomas or TJ uh, there at 888-627-6008. And they will patch you right in to the program live. And we'll let your comment and question go right across and around the world uh, with whatever you have on your mind or your heart or a question that you want answered. And we'll be glad to do that myself, the guest, or both of us. So feel free to uh, get yourself involved uh, in any of those ways. And we appreciate you showing up with us tonight. I always have said, since we started this show, I'm trying to think how many years we've had it probably three or four years we've had the program now, uh, that if you will invest with us just a few moments of your Sunday night, I promise you that you're going to take away a couple things that you can actually use in the coming week uh, from hopefully what we say tonight, what we share tonight, and what our guest is going to open up their hearts with and about 
this evening. We really don't fluff the program. If it's not good, we don't air it. If it's not uh, meaningful, uh, we don't invite those guests on. Uh, there's several people that I just say, hey, love you to death, but it's not a good fit for our program. Uh, we want to talk to people that have experienced some things in their life, learn from those experiences, and still being used in a way of how we can turn our dark times into some positive light for ourselves and other people. How to make a difference in one more person's life. And that's what it's all about. You know, I talked about this just briefly this morning in church. And I have sat in that chair right there. Uh, that's where I sleep majority of the time, right there in that recliner, uh, an hour and a half, two hours uh, an evening. Um, and I've sat there many nights wondering just when is my pain going to end? When is the torment uh, going to cease? When do I get to go beyond what I'm experiencing in my life? And there's days that maybe you have too that you go, God, what did I do? What did I do to deserve this? What did I do wrong? What did I do that caused this to happen in my life? And the truth is, I didn't do anything. And I want to let you know that you may need to hear that tonight. If you're wondering, what did you do that caused the pain of your hurt, your gut-wrenching uh, trauma that you're dealing with right now, you didn't do anything. Um, I'm sharing that with you because I think it's important that we understand. And once we get to that point, we wonder, well, then why did it happen to begin with? And there's lots of days and nights that I'm shaking my head and I just don't understand. But the real reason is God chose me just like God chose you. He knows what we can handle. And I want you to listen to these words because I think this, this is life-changing. If God can't trust us with pain, how's he ever going to trust us with the pleasure, with the, the great things in life? How's he ever going to trust us with his purpose? So I have to be able to endure the pain, understand and give him that pain. And when I do, it acknowledges and locks us in a position that he allows that door then to say, hey, I will use that to give you more not pain, but some pleasure, and then to show you that there's a purpose for that experience in your life. And I'm not for sure. There, there's probably a couple of great days in your world, but I've said this several times on the program, that the two most important days of your life is one is the day you were born, and two is the day that you discover why you were born. 
And what causes that why is possibly because of the pain. And I said in one of my books, I can't remember which one, I think it's the second one. Could it be, could it be that your greatest pain in your life, could it be that it could be the key that opens up to the destiny of what God has for the rest of your life? And this may resonate with our guest tonight. It may not, but I want to get his in input on it as we get into it here shortly, because I think it's important. Those tall trees are the ones that have the deepest roots. And at the time that I just don't imagine that it can get any worse in my life, I need to remember that those roots are running deep and I won't be taken down. And because of that, I have his strength flowing through me, making me stronger and taller. So no matter what you're going through this very minute, no matter how much it hurts, no matter how deep it is, there's something greater in store for you in your life. And there's just a couple things real quick that we may need to get in place. If you're experiencing that pain, I want to encourage you, be good stewards of what God has given you right now, no matter what it is. Don't waste it. Don't throw it away. Be good stewards of whatever you got and take care of it carefully. Second thing, I believe that an attitude of gratitude goes an unbelievable long way. I can honestly say, God, thank you for allowing me to live through the pain so I can meet some wonderful people like my guest tonight that I met a couple of weeks ago in Tulsa. The awesome people that I met in San Antonio a few days ago. I would have never got a chance to meet them. So that attitude of gratitude, I thank God that I'm able to wake up and get up and walk. And that day may not be always, but when I can, I need to have that attitude of gratitude. And the last thing is pay attention to the small things. I really believe um, that if I take care of what comes into my world, that our word, the word of God says that you just never know if by chance you're entertaining angels. You never know. So I need to take care of those things in my life. And if I want to be everything that God wants me to be, I need to do the best with what I've got now. And when you are the best of you, I promise you, there's going to be better things to come to you. Hang on to that. That's what I've learned this week. That's what I needed to hear this week. And every now and then, I just need a wake-up call. And sometimes it takes an attitude change. You ever had an attitude adjustment? Sometimes it takes that two-by-four spiritually, emotionally, to come across my head and go, hey, 
wake up and smell the coffee, Greg. You're handling this wrong. You're throwing stuff away that I ask you to take care of and treasure. You're not taking care of it the way I meant for you to do it. And the small things, the smile, the caring, the loving, the, the answering, the, the responding are very, very, very important to him. And if I want to be everything that he has in store for me, I need to make sure that I take care of what I have and that he's allowed me to have. With that thought in mind, I want to let you know that our guest tonight is one of my newest, bestest friends. And I got a feeling we're going to have many, many years of friendship uh, in the future. C. Clint Wilkins is with us tonight. And uh, I'm going to bring uh, Clint right on in so you can at least see him. He uh, has a testimony that I met him up in Tulsa, and we'll talk about how we met and, and what impact it had on each of us. He has a testimony about what God's done in his life and what God is fixing to do <laughs> in his world and his life. And I don't want to tell his story. I want him to to. Uh, tell it, and he is a real cowboy from Oklahoma, and I want to welcome to the program tonight, Clint Wilkins. Clint, can you hear me? I can hear you very well. Thank you, Dr. Williams. Well, welcome, Thanks for having welcome. me tonight. Oh, it is my honor. It is my honor, and you look all cowboy. I was kind of hoping you'd have your little kerchief around your neck uh, like I have in your picture on the, the poster. Well, the uh, wood stove in the other room is about... 76 degrees so i didn't you know i didn't want to get too hot but but yeah that's that's normal attire around here uh it's that's safety gear that's uh keep us warm kind of gear so that's just par for the course that's that's how we dress around here but well i tell you what i met you a couple of weeks ago clint and was it not just a divine god connection you know i just Hearing you speak before, you know, we stood face to face and had our first conversation. I just knew that there was a kindred spirit connection there. I understood you. I could relate to you just immediately. And um, when I did have the opportunity to, to speak face to face with you, I mean, we just clicked immediately. It was it was it was a divine appointment. No doubt. Yeah. And to hear your story. um I, I had to have you on. I, I wanted you to share this with so many people. Uh, and I'm going to let you tell your story, however deep you want to go, whatever you want to say. To my knowledge, Clint, you have never been on uh, a radio being interviewed or told your story publicly uh, at all. Is that true? No, never, never. No, this is the first time. Had someone tell me many, many years ago, uh, they said, you have a voice for radio. And I said, so what are you saying about my face? <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> but yeah, this, so this is the, this is the first time, I guess there was a first time for everything. So I'm excited to do this. So when, when we, when we met and we were at this conference together in San Antonio, first Tulsa. of all, what in Tulsa, I'm sorry, what, um, what brought you there to that Demand Project uh, Summit? Well, Dr. Williams, it was, this whole experience began right around the first of the year. And God just started revealing things to me. 
Uh, I guess maybe I should step back a little bit. Uh, we have a Monday night church uh, group that gets together, and we have a wonderful pastor. Uh, uh, come on, Kevin. Help me out, dear. <laughs> pastor Kevin is, is so awesome, and he's getting into an area that I'd never really experienced before, but to think about your dreams, think about what kind of dream God is putting in your heart and to use your imagination to read the scriptures and, and see what it's really speaking to your heart. And so that's where it began. And, and in talking about dreams, I remembered a dream that my stepmother who passed in 2008 had, had talked about, and it was uh, building a facility to help children. And I received that dream way, way back then and just kind of put it to rest. I mean, I couldn't see that I wasn't at a place in my life where I could do anything about that dream. I just, I didn't have the self-confidence. I was just a, a broken individual at the time, severe alcoholic at the time. So just, just not able to do anything that God was calling me to do, but <clears throat> I did receive the dream. She passed in 2009. God love her. And um, so Pastor Kevin had reignited this dream in me. I started thinking about it. And then God starts revealing things to me. And of course, I've been saved a long time and had a relationship with God for a long time but I've never heard his voice so clearly. And I, I've just never experienced revelation like I have since right around the first of the year. So he showed me that it's, uh, so I, we have a ranch out here in Oklahoma and about 500 acres and we raise cattle and, um, we are, my wife and I are homesteaders, so we garden and do all these things. And um, so little by little, I'm getting this dream um, of how we can build a facility. Um, he gave me the name of the facility, which is so awesome, Spirit, Soul, and Body Recovery Center. And we're to help children and young people that have been traumatized, abused, um, Involved in human trafficking, the, the large umbrella of human uh, trafficking. And we're going to help those people uh, in a way that may be unconventional. I mean, um, this is a church. This is a ministry, no doubt. I mean, God has made that abundantly clear to me that this, this is a ministry. But the healing is going to involve a lot of different key components, a lot of puzzle pieces that fit together. Um, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. But the way that God explained this to me is, he said, build a boat. You know, so you're going to be Noah here, and you're going to build this facility for me. He said, you don't have to run it. He said, you don't have to pay for it. But you have to build a boat for me. And he gave me this calling and I accepted. So the entire project 
And what God is telling me is obedience. Hear my voice. Obey what I'm telling you to do. If you don't, someone else will do it. But this is God's project. And it's it's just so cool, the things that he's revealed to me. He said, when you're out there pouring concrete and building this building, he said, I want you to stand there. I want you to call that Jesus. And I'm like, oh, Lord, uh, isn't this heresy or isn't this blasphemy in somewhere? He says, no. He said, this is the rock on I'm gonna, where I'm going to build my church. He said, to call it Jesus. And that just, that just penetrates my heart. It's hard for me to say that out loud, but that's what he told me to say. So the foundation of this church is going to be on Jesus Christ. We're going to reveal to these young people first the salvation through Jesus and how they're saved. We're going to introduce them uh, to the to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit and the power that he gives us and the authority that we have as Christians. And my goodness, um, how that he does not leave us as orphans that, you know, he gives us power to um, resist the devil. Um, he gives us all the, 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 the spiritual armor of Ephesians six. And we do not have to tolerate the onslaught of the enemy. I'm sick and tired of the enemy destroying the lives of my loved ones, killing and destroying people who I love. I'm tired of it. And we don't have to stand for it. We can stand up and be bold and take authority over the disastrous things that are happening in our world today. We really do have authority. When this facility is complete, how many do you think, and you, I think you've told me you have the exact blueprints that you've got every square foot, every, you know, nail hole and everything uh, told. Um, how many do you think it's going to be able to serve? Well, we'll clearly house 48 in the beginning, and there's always room for expansion. But um, so there will be a dormitory building and it is 40 by 400. And then there will be a, a conference center, a teaching center. We're going to have a top notch kitchen. And that, that's a big part of our ministry is um, the kitchen and the dining and the, the food. So uh, a big part of what we're going to do is we're going to have a lot of outdoor activities. We're going to garden. We're going to raise animals. We're going to gather chicken eggs every day. Uh, we're going to milk cows and goats and, and we're going to have the full nature homestead type experience here. We're going to eat excellent food. Um, like I said, we're going to have a top notch kitchen and a top notch facility. Do you think with the kids today that that's something that we've lost over the generations, uh, working in the fields, the gardens, uh, <laughs> gathering eggs from the chicken house, uh, milking cows, things of that are, I, I think there's something wholesome about that kind of work and connection with nature, don't you? Well, I, I mean, I don't know the, the exact, what, 120 years ago, 
did we were there were no refrigerators in the homes. People had to preserve thing and and can and they, they had to eat fresh food and you know there were there were no refrigerated grocery stores. You produced your own food and uh, most of the uh, population of the United States was rural. There were not big cities like we have now with millions and millions of people and um, we had a tighter family unit. Uh, who lived and worked together, uh, learned together, worshiped together. And today everything is so divided and everything is so instant. And um, I just don't, what has happened in the last 100, 120 years, um, I just don't see that it's good for human beings. But you're the doctor, what do you think? Well, I think there's something about good farm living. Uh, I think uh, there's something about being out there in nature, being out on a farm, uh, being out in, in God's openness uh, instead of being behind a television set or closed up in a room playing on a video game or on a cell phone. Um, right. I think that's a tool that has is being used to pull our children away from reality. Exactly. Yeah. And and what do you think about a young person's identity, especially a young person that has been traumatized? That and and how they can become isolated with their device in their hands. And I just want to ask you something. The, the yeah. thought just came across my mind. Sure. But my phone. And so we spend so much time like this and our children spend so much time like this. What does this look like with my head bowed and my hands together? Does that look anything like worship? Mm -hmm. That just came to me one day and I thought, this is not right. When we spend eight, 10 hours a day with our head bowed into a device, um, just something doesn't ring correct about that something seems wrong about that yeah and the communication is expanding so quickly around the world that we can talk to you know right now we're in argentina and australia and in england and all, you know completely around the world just by what we're saying the communication has just expanded but the communication be between a father and a son uh, a daughter and her father uh siblings doesn't happen anymore because they're doing this uh, they're too busy. Nobody's communicating and nobody knows how to communicate anymore. Eyeball to eyeball. And that's sad. And I think it's the devil's tool. I, th I think he's using it as a dividing wall between us and the next generation. I agree. And you nailed it that. <laughs> so in, uh, in receiving all this, um, uh, revelation from god he just like he told me one day to pick up a pen and start writing and i'm going to get to the page here that he just blew my mind when he said that satan is the puppet master i prayed to god i said i said i don't understand human trafficking and um this was right around the first of the year and so I said, Lord, just please help me understand. And that was the first thing he said was, 
Satan is the puppet master. He's pulling all the strings. And uh, he has a global network of absolutely evil followers who must who most are unaware of a network or even who they are following. Most don't even know they are a follower. This network and evil plan is unaware, but very organized. Yeah. And so to speak what you were saying, that the next thing he revealed to me is division. And that that is the very first tool that he used. If you take this all the way back to the in the, in the garden, in the fall of man, division is what Satan was trying to accomplish. That's what he accomplished. Yes. Now you look at the division in, well, like you said, the communication and everything, but the division in the family unit and how that has caused disastrous consequences in our society with division. That very simple tool that Satan uses every day and how effective it is. So great point. It's a break it's a breakdown of the family unit. It's a breakdown of it's interesting. We have this excellent communication like you're talking about, but it actually breaks down our ability to communicate like you and I. I mean, we're not face to face, but I can see your eyeballs and I feel like I'm sitting next to you. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Now, we're going to take our, first, our only commercial break here right now. But on the other side of this, Clint, I want to peel back a layer. And on the other side of the commercial, ask you, why do you care? Why do you, is your heart tender towards kids? And why... Do you think God chose you? And we're going to find out the answers to those questions right on the other side of this commercial break. 888-627-6008. And we'll be right back in about a minute, 22 seconds. Stay with us. HCI Publishing that brought you the international bestsellers, A Child Called It, and the Chicken Soup for the Soul series comes the latest book by Dr. Gregory Williams, Shattered by the Darkness. This book describes the horrific abuse that Dr. Williams suffered at the hands of his father for over 12 years and the damaging effect of keeping everything silent that abuse for 30 years. If you're looking for that book that you can't put down, then pick up a copy of Shattered by the Darkness by Dr. Gregory Williams at all Barnes & Noble stores, Amazon, and Books A Million. Now, back to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. Welcome back. We have Clint Wilkins with us tonight from uh, Oklahoma, and um, he is sharing with us what God has done in his life, uh, or is revealing to his life uh, recently, in the last month or so. But I really, Clint, want to dig into now 
how has God got you through the things that you have experienced in your life um, with all the different, I mean, boy, you had some really uh, wicked habits, uh, things that overtake taking you, uh, things that you submitted yourself to, but things that could have done you really and did cause you damage uh, in your past that you may have just been looking for things to numb it to help it go away. Um, tell me about what's gone on um, in your world. Well, you know, it is, it is difficult to talk about those things. Not so much that I want to conceal the, the past or whatever. It's just difficult to, I don't want the enemy to get any, I don't want to give him any credit for, for anything, you know, but I know that it's helpful for, for people to, to see what others have gone through and how they've overcome. But, um, you know, rejection was a big, big problem for me. Um, when I was eight years old, my parents divorced and, um, my mother told my dad and I, I told my, my father to take your son and leave and get out of, get out of my house. And that was extremely painful because well, my dad was a, a, a captain in the fire department and he had two other jobs besides that. So he worked all the time and really wasn't around a whole lot. I was raised by my mother. So really the, the, the main, uh, I guess the strong parent in my life was my mother. And then one day uh, I'd been gone for a couple of weeks, come back home and find out that I can't live in our home anymore. And uh, my dad and I moved out and moved into a mobile home park um, about 30 miles away where I didn't have any friends. My, I didn't have my school. And I didn't have my mother, you know, so that's when I first became to understand rejection. And this continued uh, most of my life, all the way, you know, you know, up into my 40s, you know, when I just, I kept experiencing this rejection. I had no idea how to deal with it. Um, so, you know, the pain of, of rejection really um, affected me deeply. In in relationships, you know, um, you know, because of this rejection, I I was searching for something, something to cover up the pain. So at a young age, I was um, I was exposed to drugs and alcohol, and you know, really even drugs more more than alcohol, which that, I think that's kind of backwards for a lot of people, but especially since I turned out to be a full-blown alcoholic later and did very few drugs, but it, it started out with some really hard drugs. I mean, when I was like oh, 13 or 14, we were taking acid. We were taking hallucinogenic drug, really powerful stuff. And, um, you know, my little uh, brain just wasn't developed. Or, you know, I don't know that anyone's brain's ever developed enough to deal with that, but, um, you know, that that had an effect on me. And uh, then later, the, out, the smoking marijuana and 
drinking. Drinking was one of those that, let me step back. The rejection caused me, and I think maybe many others, to be introverted and to be self-conscious. And, you know, this inner pain develops from self, you know, being self-conscious. And then you want to cover up, you don't want anybody to know about this inner pain. And, um, you know, I guess I, I hadn't mentioned yet that not long after my parents divorced and we moved into this trailer park, my dad and I, um, he needed a babysitter. And so the people next door were convenient. Well, their son was a really disturbed individual and he molested me every night that I stayed over there. Uh, repeatedly and I had I couldn't tell anyone you know so I learned all about shame and guilt and embarrassment and you know how to bottle up all these things and and you know for a a, a nine-year-old boy you're just not equipped to deal with that and uh, you know so that these the rejection and those horrible experiences and just sets you up for drugs and alcohol. And, you know, as, as I got older and the drugs and alcohol got worse, I, I'm trying to find relationships with women and or anything that resembles love and acceptance. Mm. Right. Yeah. So there were dozens and dozens and dozens of women that I, I kept hoping anything that looked like love, man, I was all in. Um, of course, we know that uh, the enemy uh, just has a cheap knockoff for everything that God provides. God, God is love, but the enemy gives us lust and it's mm -hmm. filthy and disgusting and impure and, uh, I didn't know the difference between love and lust at all. I just, I don't think I really knew what love was, you know, but, um, praise God. He showed, God showed me love and he showed me, um, acceptance. Um, I sure had to go down a hard road, um, uh, 40 something years of my life of hard drinking and pain and more and more rejection. You know, um, I'm married to my, my lovely, lovely wife, uh, Christine now and, uh, with a K and, uh, uh, she's just absolutely wonderful, but I was married two times before. And I just can't tell you the pain of that rejection losing and failing, you know, and something that I, I really wanted, I really tried for, but I was unable, I was unequipped to, um, to give love, to be loved, you know? So, but God, God is good and he restores all of that. Well, how did, how did he recover, help you recover from, I mean, did you just wake up one day and stop drinking or what, what was the process for that wake up moment and the change in the lifestyle of the habit. 
Well, there's several things that happened there, but I, I, I have to, at this point, talk about forgiveness. Yeah. Once I got a revelation of how God forgave me, how Jesus paid the price for me, and how, you know, I'm set for my, my sins as far as the East is from the West, and begin to learn these foundational things, and how we must forgive people that have caused us pain in our past. And then we become free from the bondage that, I mean, if you're hanging on to unforgiveness for someone else, for God's sake, man, let it go. You're letting that person have control over your life. And they don't deserve to have control over your life. They should never have that kind of power. And we we give them power as long as we stand in unforgiveness. Yeah. And so that was huge. If you want to talk about addiction, oh. <clears throat> I can never go to an AA meeting because they want you to stand up and confess something that I cannot confess. I had a severe drinking problem most of my life. But I cannot sit here today and confess to you that I'm an alcoholic because I am not. I don't drink. And God delivered me from that. And it, it, your words have power. If you go around confessing that you are this, I, uh, alcoholic, drug addict, or whatever, your words have power. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're snared by the words of our mouth. And I just am not going to speak that over myself. <laughs> Who Jesus sets free is free indeed. And he set me free of that. So how did it happen? How did I get free from alcohol? First of all, I was sick and tired of it. I was ready. Uh, it was killing me. I was drinking sometimes a half a gallon a day of straight vodka. Okay. Wow. Um, it's, I couldn't have done it much longer, you know, at that pace, because it was killing me. Uh, I probably don't even look like the same person now. I was bloated, uh, swollen. I had a terrible disposition. I was angry. And I, I just did not want to live like that anymore. So I just prayed to God. God, I've tried everything in my power to quit, and I cannot do it. I'd been to rehab, I'd been to all these things, could not quit. He said, well, there's two sides to this addiction. There's a spiritual side. There's a demonic oppression that attaches itself to this addiction. And then there is a physical and chemical side. He said, son, you're free of the spiritual side. That enemy cannot attack you with this anymore. You are free from it. He said, you're not going to feel very good for a few days. You've got to get this poison out of your system. But you will be free. And as sure as I'm telling you right now, that's exactly what happened. He said, if you quit drinking cold turkey, it could kill you. So take half. The first day, take half. The next day, take half of that. 
The next day, take half of that. And that's exactly what I did. And at the end, when there was a, a that for that whole day, there's only one ounce less for me to drink. Well, I would just take a little tiny sip and throughout the day, the next day it's over. There's no more alcohol. And it just, it just wasn't that bad. It wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. And of course he, he helps you along. He gives you the strength. Anything is possible with God. So I just want to suggest that anyone that has a desire to quit, God will carry you through that and he will give you the strength to do it. And that revelation of half and then half and then half of that. I'm sure that there's plenty of professionals that would tell you that, but when you hear it from the voice of God, it's easy to do. It's just easier to do that way. Yeah. The other, the other important tool is the power of your words. And anytime that that unction or that craving or anything like that comes, say it with your mouth. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I'm free from that. God set me free from it. The word says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. You have to speak it with your mouth. This gives us power. Yeah. And I can testify as a, it is a fact. It worked for me. And if it'll work for me, it'll work for anyone. I was totally lost and Jesus saved me 100%. That's awesome. It is awesome. Clint, do you buy into then anything I said at the beginning of the program about that pain can propel you to experience his plan later if we can handle the pain? If we can give him the pain, he will trust us then with the plan, with the purpose. Well, I don't think that God will give us more than we can handle. Right. Um, and he, you know, he'll give us strength to endure what, what we're walking through. Um, you know, that. If you recognize that that God has done something in your life, and you can be thankful for that, what I found is that the thankfulness produces joy. If you are truly thankful in your heart, you're going to get joy. Right. And that that joy, that sense of joy, that sense of the presence of God in there, can give us strength. For whatever he's calling us to do. And I believe that with all my heart. Yeah, I do too. My mother died in uh, uh, this last November 15th. And it was horrible. I was there with her in the nursing home. And she died of a uh, stage four cancer. And what I had to see with my eyes was incredibly painful. God gave me supernatural peace. I can't explain it. But I began to pray that, God, this is not living. So please just take her home to be with you. 
and he did it. Okay, this sounds strange. When she passed, I was thankful because I saw her in such anguish and pain. Oh, and absolutely. Pain. When, when she went to be with father, I was so thankful that she didn't have to endure that anymore, that it produced this joy in me, unexplainable joy. And what should have crushed me, maybe even sent me back into my addiction, man, it was totally changed. You know, so this was November 15th. And it was just right after that when all this revelation and this dream began and everything. So instead of getting lost in depression or anguish over my mother dying, he gives me this incredible dream. So just because, because of your mother passing, do you think it re-germinated, uh, watered that seed that she planted in you of that dream years ago? Okay. The, the dream years ago, well, that was my stepmother. Okay. Okay. Um, she's the one that had the dream about the facility. Uh, the lady that died uh, this past November was my real mother. Okay. Okay. Just, just for clarification there. Right. Yeah. But I can't deny that because of that experience, did that spark, um, did that increase my faith somehow because of the way God was dealing with me and allowed me to step in further to what he's calling me to do? I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. I believe that God is looking for people to be humble and obedient and that yeah. he has a calling for everyone. I honestly believe that. Um, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble, you know, and that I don't he can't stand pride. You know, uh, I don't think that he's he's going to move in your life if you stand in pride, you know. If I stood there and said, I'm going to, I'm going to stop drinking and I'm going to do it on my own will and I don't need God or whatever. Hmm. I think God resists that. <laughs> yeah. Would work in, in uh, self righteousness and in my own power. Well, why would he help me when I've, I've already got it all figured out? Right. So, um, pride comes before destruction. That's right. And, uh, so I want to be humble. I want to be obedient. I want to see more of this goodness of God that he's showing me. Yeah, this is exciting. Um, we only have like a minute or two before they cut us off. Um, when, if, if things go perfect with your blueprint and your plan, what kind of time frame are you looking at of hoping to get uh, walls up? Roofs on. Uh, well, the thing is, Dr. Williams, um, there's no provision to start construction right now. Uh, I've I've had a pre-construction meeting with a, a dozer operator to start to start the whole thing, um, but the provision's not been made yet. As okay. a matter of fact, uh, we are we have meetings set up to. Uh, meet with a lawyer to get all the legal stuff in order for the nonprofit to, to even begin that that's not established yet. So we, we've got a lot of beginning work to do 
but my goodness, once we uh, break ground and, and the funds are available, God told me I don't have to pay for this out of my pocket. So the funds are going to come in. God has made provision for it. He's put it in the hearts of people to step forward and fund this project. So, um, so if people, I could, I could have a dorm room, I could have a dorm room ready in nine months. I mean, yeah. um, uh, the, the, the dining facility and all that would be uh, cons- under construction at the same time, but I would say a year and within a year's time. Um, what if somebody's listening right now and say, hey, wait, I want to join this uh, mission. I want to be part of this vision. Uh, this is something that I want to support or at least want to talk to Clint about. How would be the best way to get in touch with you in the last minute that we have left of the program? My email is probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Uh, my name is Clint Wilkins. My email is wilkinsclint at gmail.com, W-I-L-K-I-N-S-C-L-I-N-T at gmail.com. I Shoot me a line. that, you know, those divine connections like us connecting, divine connections of people listening right now, if this is churning up something inside of somebody, and catching a flame of, hey, wait, that sounds like something I want to at least know more about. Get involved. Wilkins. Clint, uh, yeah, uh, say it one more time. Wilkinsclint at gmail.com. Correct. Wilkinsclint at gmail.com. Yes. Fantastic. I tell you be what, part of, I, be, par- be part of the puzzle pieces. Um, anyone listening, be part of the puzzle pieces that come together that make all this happen for God. We want to improve the lives of children and we want to do the calling that God has called us to do. So just please be obedient. There you go. Thank you very much. That's all we can ask for any of us to do. Uh, Not over and above, just what God asks us to do. And if we can all do that, we can change the world. That's right. We can change the world. That's right. Tell you what, Jesus picked out 12 to help him tell the whole world. And uh, it's done pretty good all over these years. And now all it takes is a few other people to do projects like this and get, get the fire caught inside of them in that, in that same vision. And together, people can make a huge impact. Agreed. Clint, I can't tell you how much I, I love you. And I appreciate your friendships. Looking forward to uh, getting to know more about you and connecting with you and and watching this come to completion uh, yes, as soon as possible. Thanks for being with us tonight. Thank you very much for having me on, and uh, it's just been a, a fantastic time. Thank you again. I've enjoyed it. Always look forward to your text and your phone calls. Appreciate it. Wilkins Clint at gmail.com is the way to get a hold of Clint. Uh, do that tonight. If that's something you want to know more about, or at least put on a a page to where he keeps you updated, uh, I'm sure he can do that for you. Thanks so much, Clint. As we do each and every week, we always just like to end the program with no matter what you've experienced, no matter what you're going through right now, no matter if Clint's story uh, is something like why I can relate to that because that's what I'm dealing with right now. I want to let you know, look at him now. He's not all bloated. He's not overtaken by those habits and those addictions anymore because he gave it to somebody that could take care of it for him and they didn't let him down. I want to let you know, no matter what you're enduring, 
there's always hope. Always, always hope. Never give up on that. Join us right here next week for another live edition of Breaking the Silence from Houston, Texas. God bless you. Have an awesome, awesome week. And we'll see you next Sunday night. Thanks again, Clint. Good night. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. To contact Dr. Williams, dial 832-396-6525 or email him at shatteredbythedarkness at gmail.com. And don't forget to join us each Sunday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Pacific on BBS Radio Station 1 for the next episode of Breaking the Silence. Thank you.